With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and uh, bringing back in Grace Harmon. It's been a few weeks, Grace, since we've had you um, here for the mailbag, but uh, it's good to have you back here. What, what do you have to lead us off with on the mailbag? All right, nice to be back. But what are your take on the wide receiver room today? Is it early to tell or kind of concerning? Uh, I mean, today it is. It, it's concerning, you know, when you look at Monday spring practice. But I think the first day of practice in August and the first day of practice in March are going to be completely different. I mean, and I know we went over that at length already in the open. Um, just really – the receiver position in general, Nebraska is banking on that 2020 class, which when you count Ty Han, five of those guys aren't here yet. And Ty Han, I, I consider a part of that group. Um, so you'll bring in four more bodies plus Ty Han to go with Elante Brown and then the unknown of J.D. Spielman. So uh, today it doesn't feel good, but I think it could get a lot better in a hurry. Yeah, they just need to get through spring because uh, that room's going to look completely different in the fall. Um, the spring game might uh, need some tweaking uh, just with the lack of A lot numbers. of tight end sets. Yeah, lots of tight ends. And, and with running back and wide receiver depth being an issue this spring, uh, that's going to be interesting. But I think, yeah, a lot of help's on the way, and that group is going to look significantly different come August than what it is right now. Yeah, the, the biggest question for me is how are they going to do the spring game? I mean, you're going to have to probably have some guys go – go both ways but yeah I'm, I'm not really all that worried about it um but you know at the same time you you do or you are going to have to count on a lot of fresh faces to actually be productive so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out all right so how sure are you that omar manning will be better than previous juco wide receivers Jaron woodyard mike williams you know that was a great question that we were asked in the chat this week and to compare Manning to Woodyard and Mike Williams, to me, is not even a fair or accurate comparison. Uh, Manning was an Army All-American in high school. He was a four-star recruit in high school. He was the wire-to-wire number one junior college receiver in the country. Woodyard and Williams were kind of late guys Nebraska just took chances on to fill a transition class. Now, both were on very good junior college teams, East Mississippi and Arizona Western, uh, which no longer even plays football. Uh, and, you know, they took a gamble on both guys and their speed. Uh, but to me, Manning is in a completely different league, and I'm sure Nate would have similar uh, sentiments. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's not even close. And, and no disrespect to Woodyard or uh, Williams, but, I mean, when you're talking Manning, Manning is a 6'4", 225-pound dude. I mean, he's he is the number one Juco wide receiver for a reason. Um, you know, and, and again, no disrespect to Woodyard and, and Williams, but, you know, they were like 5'10", five, 5'11", five, you know, 180-pound guys. And, and those guys that are that size with that speed are kind of a dime a, dime a dozen. But, you know, we've all heard Scott Frost say that, that Manning is an NFL guy already and that he may have, you know, may, maybe has never coached a, a player quite like him before. So, I mean, all the accolades and, the, and Frost saying that type of thing about Manning, I, I just I don't think there's any type of comparison. 
Taking your questions in the mailbag with Husker Online intern uh, Grace Harmon. What do you have next, Grace? All right. Which walk-ons do you think could contribute one way or another this year? You know, Luke Reimer is is the automatic easy one. Cade Warner. I mean, I think those two guys could contend for starting spots. I'm not going to take any more names because I <laughs> there's only so many to go around. I, I, I could, but those those are the two obvious ones. I know, Robin, we discussed one on the offensive line earlier off air that, that could make an impact from Colorado State. Yeah, uh, you're going to have to print it. Help Nuri Nuelli. Yeah, Nuri Nuelli. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with his eligibility, right? Because that's still kind of in the air. As of right now, he's sitting out. Is that is that the right? He has to sit out, but there's a decent chance he could get a waiver. I mean, it's yeah. especially with the way the waiver world is gone. Sure. I think Nuri is in a line that he he's get a unique one. circumstance too. So yeah, I mean, obviously if he is eligible, suddenly that guard competition, which already is going to be interesting to watch, gets even more interesting with the guy that was a, you know, a starter last year at Colorado state. Um, so he's one to keep an eye on. Um, and as far as the spring, we just talked about the wide receivers. There's going to be a couple walk-ons you're going to hear a lot of this spring, and Bennett Folkers and Christian Banker. Uh, they're going to get a lot of reps just out of necessity, and who knows? Maybe they can uh, open some eyes with those opportunities. Well, now that virtually every walk-on has been <laughs> mentioned, uh, I will say, I'm, I mean, go back to the, uh, to the O-line competition. I think Trent Hickson will obviously still be in the mix. Um, he's, got, he's got a lot of playing time under his belt, and – and, you know, as of right now, he's still kind of the starter. So so he's going to have to be supplanted before. What about uh, kicker? Uh, well, yeah, yeah and there kicker you go, too, Nate. Chase Contreras. Yeah. Save that one for you. Yeah. Oh, boy, <laughs> we thanks, gave you a guys. starter. Yeah, boy, I spoon-fed one there. Thanks a lot. Uh, Chase Contreras, yeah, uh, the All-American kicker from uh, Iowa Western. Uh, he Actually, he might be the most significant contributor uh, that's a walk-on next year. All right, Grace, what's next? All right, so with the Combine just wrapping up, uh, were any former Huskers, did they hurt or help their draft stock? Um, there's no doubt the D linemen all helped. I thought um, the Davis brothers really led you to believe, man, were they really 3-4 DNs or, you know, if they would have been in a 4-3 as inside guys lined up side by side with that speed and explosion, would they have been better fits? I mean, they. I think that will be – what we fun to watch now in the NFL because I think they're both inside guys in a four-man front. I thought the 40-yard dash for Lamar was a tick slow. Um, I think he probably would have liked to have been low four fives to high four fours. He ended up being like a four five eight or four five nine. Is that mm-hmm. right, Robin? Yeah. Um, so you know the length and all that was good with Lamar, but I think and you heard Deion Sanders say if you're a four six corner in the NFL, they're going to find you and they're going to expose you. Um, so I think that speed will be questioned with Lamar Jackson here throughout the process. Yeah, certainly I agree. With the, the, the linemen all helped themselves, especially, you know, Khalil Davis run the way he did. But uh, with Lamar, uh, you know, there was some thinking that he might not even need to go through pro day uh, if he had a good enough combine. I don't think that's the case. I mean, obviously he didn't run as fast as he wanted to in the 40. There's some drills where he slipped up on. I don't remember watching one where they made him uh, have to think it's a W drill or whatever, where he had to come back and do it again because he didn't do it right. And uh, so, I mean, the, the few glimpses we got of him uh, during that testing period, it didn't go so well. So I think he's got he's got some uh, stuff he needs to make up. And I would imagine he'll do some stuff on pro day, whereas maybe he wouldn't have had he tested better in Indy. Yeah, I think Lamar's going to have to pretty much do everything on pro day, even, even the bench press where he, he only had 10 reps. Uh, which is probably coming in a little little under what he wanted to do. Obviously, uh, I think he I think it was the lowest out of every DB that was at at the combine. So uh, I'd imagine that he's going to have to do everything. Whereas the Davis twins, 
Um, I don't think those guys are going to have to do much at Pro Day. Uh, Maybe just the individual drills. As far as the testing, I I don't think that they'll have to really do much of anything uh, because they they pretty much knocked it out of the park. It's going to be a pretty uneventful Pro Day, guys. I mean, it's going to basically be like, the Mulberry prove himself pro day and Alex Davis maybe. And who else? I mean, there's really not a lot of other juice. Um, there's nobody on offense. Mm-mm. I mean, nobody there's no, I mean, I don't know who would be the guy on offense for Nebraska at pro day. Yeah, there's not. Um, I mean, white Missouri, but I, I don't anticipate he's going to the pro day, right? I mean, he might be there, but um, yeah, you, you think about it. It's, it's a really, really thin group of guys I don't expect Tyron Ferguson to show up to pro day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be It's going to be weird. quick. I wonder if they're going to, like, invite more people from other schools. I know they usually do that already. But the UNK maybe, guys. Yeah, maybe a few more guys since there's more spots available. Might, have, might have some old former Huskers uh, yeah. that show up. So they're like still a, around training. Like yeah. a Kyron Williams. I know he's still working out and doing things. So Tommy Armstrong. Yeah, Tommy Armstrong maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's overall, it's about as thin of a pro day as I can remember. But if if Lamar runs, that will draw some scouts there. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. All right, Grace. Uh, let's see how much time do we have left. We got time for one more. All right. So a popular topic on the scrolls as of late. What's the best Reuben in Nebraska? Whew. Well, we are close to St. Patty's Day, so it is a very formidable <laughs> topic of discussion. As my Irish heritage here comes out. Um, you know, Barrett's in Omaha has a great one. Um, tell you in Lincoln, Danny's Downtown Deli. Uh, our, our friend Danny uh, Patrick, the son of former Husker late play-by-play announcer Joe Patrick, makes a great Reuben down the road here. Only open, though, for lunch. He's not a dinner place, so and it's only open during the week, on weekdays. So you got, got kind of a smaller window to get into Danny's, but he's got a really good one here in Lincoln. Yeah, that would probably be my vote. And I'll uh, not pretend to know as much about the Reuben sandwich and its uh, – is the best places around the state as you do because uh, you are a true Reuben expert. But uh, Danny's gets my vote, and I really haven't had that many others. So, yeah, Danny's. Yeah, I'll go with what you guys said. <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys not big La- Reuben guys? La- not really. If I have a choice between a Reuben and something else, Unless it's St. Patty's Day, I'm typically yeah. taking I mean, something. I else. like them. I'll eat them. Yeah, I don't. I don't dislike them. I don't like seek them out. Like, mm, I'm gonna go get mm, a Reuben. God, I'm craving a Reuben. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this: Growing up, did any of your families ever make corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day? No. no. Maybe occasionally. No. Yeah, I mean, it was not. A, it was not a yearly tradition. By not a year. Case. Okay. Ne- never. So I'm the only. Uh, I mean, it was a big Irish tradition to have. But since I've started working with you, it's become a tradition. <laughs> where I'm, I'm latching on to your Irish heritage. And you could buy some good corned beef kind of towards the end of St. Patty's Day, high V or somewhere yeah. like that. Not sponsored, by the way. Uh, we'll we'll sell it for dirt cheap. You can buy like a whole corned beef for about eight ten bucks. There was a barbecue establishment that did their own corned beef on Fat St. Jacks. Day. Yeah, Fat Jacks. All right, <laughs> well, legit. Reuben discussion comes to an end. Hey, Grace, thanks for coming in here on the mailbag. Yeah, thanks. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show with some recruiting talk with Nate Klaus next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.